This is a podcast from WSUM. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture Coffee Break. I'm Camilla on the mic, and I'm here today with my co-host, Sarah. Hello. And we have, this is the first time that we've had more than one, two people on. Uh, We have Hiwan. Hello, Hiwan. Hi, Hiwan. Today we're talking about Speak Now, Taylor's version. Yes. We'll talk about our, yeah, introduce yourselves, talk about your relationship with the album, and then, yeah. I'm Hiwan. I'm a WSU News girly. Shout out, News Team. I became a fan of Taylor, I'd say, like, around her red like like og red 1989 era so i've been a fan for a while grew up on taylor super excited for speak now and yeah very excited to be here talking about speak now tv with a couple of other swifties yes awesome sarah okay i'm sarah i'm the talk director at wsum and one of the co-hosts of pop culture coffee break um i I've been a Taylor fan since the OG Fearless. Um, and so when Speak Now came out originally, I was like in the car, bopping to it. So I was very excited for the re-recording because it's one of my favorite albums. Yeah. Awesome. And I am Camilla. I am the station manager here at WSUM, but one of the other co-hosts of Pop Culture Coffee Break. For me, I was notably missing from our Eras Tour episode because I did not go to the Eras Tour. I am not a huge Swifty, but I would like to say that as a, you know, a young woman in America, uh, I have always been very good friends with a lot of like hard, very hardcore Swifties. But with that, a lot of my friends love the album Speak Now. So I grew up listening to it, um, even though like I never owned a copy. So it's very fond to me. Probably my my second favorite Taylor Swift album. I, 1989 is my favorite. So true. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was very excited for this, especially because I'm also a big Fall Out Boy girly. Yeah. And we'll talk about the Fall Out <laughs> Boy track later today. But yeah, this is the third edition of Taylor's re-recording series. Um, so we started off with like Fearless in 2021. Red also came out in 2021, the re-recording. Speak now comes to us in 2023. Um, Sarah, can I have you explain a little bit more what the what the Taylor's version process is yes, like? Yes, I would love to as an ultimate Swifty here. Um, so basically when Taylor re-records her albums and puts the Taylor's version in the back of it, it is because her albums were sold by Scooter, Bra- Scooter Braun? Scooter Braun? I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. But anyways, his name is Scooter, and he very negatively sold her records to someone we don't like. Um, And so she does not get any royalties or rights to her music because they're sold. And so after a certain mark goes up, I think it's like 10 years, um, she's able to re-record and get additional rights to it um, or like take back her rights in a sense. So yeah, that's what she's been doing. She's about halfway through her re-recording because... She's re-recording from debut to 1989, right? Is I she? think so. No reputation. no, reputation. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, that was embarrassing Whoa. for me. Fake Swifty. Fake Swifty. Um, yeah, but she doesn't have to record, like, Lover or Evermore, Folklore, any of that, because it was in her rights when she originally recorded it. Yeah. Speaking of Taylor's version, we're recording this right now on July 12th. It came out on the 7th, so we've had it for about a week yeah um and so let's get into it it was released last week we got some Haley williams feature we got a fallout boy feature on the vault tracks and um on its release date 126.3 million streams which is crazy which like beats all of her other albums i'm pretty sure 
Yeah, and this is like in the midst of her Eras tour as well. Yeah. So I don't know if the Eras tour is like helping promote it. Oh, I mean, definitely. definitely for sure. But like PR I, team goes crazy. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was reading a Pitchfork review, which I'll bring up later, but in the review they were like this is like like it's being overshadowed because of the heiress tour like taylor isn't even mm. promoting it so yeah but the, i don't know the numbers you can't argue against that so well enough with that background so let's start off i'll pass the torch over to hewan first did you guys all stay up and listen to the album yes um i stayed up listened to the whole thing Kind of had to line the floor for, like, the last five songs and try to not fall asleep. <laughs> I was there. She was lying on the floor. Yes. We we had a couple of friends over and had a little, like, release party, in a sense, in, like, the way that there's only four of us there. But it was very intimate, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, lots of caffeine going on. But, yeah, lots of laying on the floor and forcing ourselves to get through it because it was, like, eventually, like, midnight. And we were, like, I work at 8.30 in the morning tomorrow but yep. it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i think i i think i was at a different concert i honestly no you're valid for that. i don't remember but i do remember getting home very late and being like it's out i need to listen to it mm-hmm. but as i said earlier i am not like a die hard swifty i'm swifty adjacent so i just listened to the tracks that like i knew that i really liked and then i listened to the follow-up boy track and then i was like and then I fell asleep on my couch. So. See, if I had to go back and like do it again, I would have just listened to like my favorite songs, which is Sparks Fly and then Haunted and then listen to the vault tracks and then go to bed. It was a lot like this. I think it was like over two hours. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. a little bit shorter than Red Taylor's version, but she is cranking these out. She is. But yeah. So I know we were all a little bit tired when we were listening to this, but what are you guys' first thoughts? Honestly, I personally really like it I don't know I mean I feel like so much has changed since you know it was released like she was what 18 20 like she was our age when she first wrote and released speak now and now you know she's the age that John Mayer was she's the age that Kanye was I didn't it's even know crazy. that. Yeah. Stop. Like 32 and still growing up now. That's her referencing Kanye. And like Stop. John Mayer was like 32 when they dated. Because she was, because they had a 13 year age gap. And she was 19. So she was the age that those two men were. Oh my Those two gosh. men who like emotionally traumatized her. So I feel like it kind of hits different in a way. Especially mm. if you know that. Like going into it and listening to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, all around, like, I also have, like, a lot of, like, memories listening to these songs, like, like, just, like, growing up, like, even before I was a Swifty, like, listening to her on the radio and stuff. Yeah. So, like, listening to those songs now, like, it still kind of takes me back to, like, when I was a little kid in the car, like, getting picked up from school or whatever, or, like, hanging out with my friends. Yeah, I feel like initially I really just thought it sounded the same. I know a lot of people had thoughts on whether it did sound the exact same, but I thought it just sounded the same in general, and, you know... Maybe was missing the female rage aspect in some parts, but in general was the same. Was glad that I can now stream it in a more quote unquote ethical stance. Yeah, I I liked it though. No, yeah, no, me too. I think, yeah, you guys are like touching on points that I was already going to elaborate on where it's like, for these past like three re-recordings, she has stayed pretty truthful to like the original sound. Of course, it's not yeah. going to sound the exact same. You know, she's grown up and like we don't hear the same like rage or like twang or like sneering even in like a lot of these lyrics but it's like she has grown so like we are missing like a little bit of that angst but I still think like you know it's it sounds like how she's gonna sound like when she performs these like during her concerts like for the rest of her life no it's never gonna sound that with the exact same like female rage that like she had initially but yeah you know I think it sounds good with that 
what are everyone's favorite non-Vault songs? So I always say the same songs um, because it's the same for me in the OG version and in now Taylor's version. Sparks Fly has always been my number one. And then Back to December has always had such like a deep yes. stabbing hole <laughs> in my heart. I love Taylor Lautner so much. I do. And I think, you know, <laughs> admitting that you're the problem takes a lot of courage. So I'm Camilla Lore. I used to work at a karaoke bar like last summer. And, you know, I, as, a, as a bartender, I would have to occasionally do karaoke to hype up the crowd. Yes. Um, and, you know, if, if it was a perfect world, I would have done the emo songs that I wanted. <laughs> and, like, everyone in the crowd would have been like, oh, my God, modern baseball. But, you know, I, I was choosing songs that I assumed that people would know and like based off of, like, the crowd. So I often did Taylor Swift songs, usually from this album. That's Back to so December, smart. Back to December. And um, oh, what's the other one? That I, Story of Us were, like, always my yeah. go-tos. And the crowd would go crazy. <laughs> so those are my favorites. I think I have, like, a, like a, pretty, a decently strong connection to those songs. But... Kiwan, what about you? Listen, I'm a last kiss girly for life. <laughs> also Enchanted. What can I say? I'm a hopeless I, romantic. I used to love Enchanted so much until like this random man I didn't know sent me Enchanted. Like, you can cut this oh? out too, by the way. But what? this random this random man that I had just met for the first time ever, like sent me it after we hung out and he was like, I this song really made me think of you. And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's <literally. laughs> I was like, what the fuck? That's like, kind of biblically accurate, though. Because, like, Miss Taylor Swift was like, met this random man, I'm going to write a song about him, and then, like, ghost Is him. Is it about the Owl City guy? Yeah. That's so... <laughs> okay, first of all, we, we, we can cut out this, I know, but, like, embarrassing, right? I know. And then the response track. What's the really? response? He made a he made a Taylor I was enchanted to meet you. And then she Ew. ghosted him. She ghosted Ew. him. It was so bad. Was so, um, okay, going back onto topic. We know what our favorite non-vault songs are, but there were six vault tracks. What yes. is our? I think looking at our notes, we all agree. Yeah. So I'll start. I Can See You was my favorite from the moment I started hearing it. I actually looked up the lyrics in advance because I was like just sitting there and I was like, I don't want to fall asleep on this couch. Um, it was a really comfy couch, um, <laughs> but I didn't want to fall asleep. So I was like, I'm going to look up. This sounds like a good song just by the title. So I looked up the lyrics, reading the lyrics. I was like, I'm going to eat this up. Knowing myself, I'm going to eat this up. And I did. It's my favorite song. Yes. I also really love I Can See You, but... I also, okay, listen, I have mixed feelings about Foolish One, but it's reminding me to stay out of my Delulu era, which I think I need right now. Um, I choose not no, to listen to that and to just dive into my no, Delulu. No, because when we were listening to this, Sarah, Sarah was like, oh, Blondie, like, stop it. Like, like, stop it right now. And I mean, I same, same reaction, but at the same time, like, okay, I need to be humbled. Like, I need to not be in my Delulu era this summer. <laughs> like, I need to have my feet on the ground. Um, so I'd say, like, those two tracks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it's a summer. Anything can happen. But yeah. I also agree. Um, I Can See You was, like, awesome, dope. I actually did not read the lyrics. I'm, like, someone where it's, like... I'm such a lyrics person. I wasn't... Not on the first listen. I'm, I feel like I never, like, pay attention to the lyrics, like, mm, the first time. True, true. I have to, like, like the beat and then I'll read the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, but that one. And then also, I really enjoyed uh, Castle's Crumbling with Haley Williams. True. Uh, it was, true. like... Because... When it was announced that Haley Williams and Follow Up Boy were going to be features on Vault Tracks, everyone was like, well, yeah, because this is like an emo album, yeah. which I think it's not like emo genre wise, but it totally like 
like literally like on like the lyric lyrically like yeah. totally emo i totally get it um i have some other opinions about the follow boy song you know they're we'll my, get into it yeah we'll, we'll get, get into, into that but like it sounded so good i like bo- both of them yeah i really like what Haley and taylor did with the song yeah i'm like you know, I'm not a huge Swifty, but I ride or die for Fall Out Boy, okay? Like, they've been, like, one of my favorite bands since middle okay. school. It's okay. And the the, the, the day, it's so, like, I fell asleep when this album came out, but then I woke up and went on Twitter, and I get a bunch of, like, recommended tweets just because I like Fall yeah. Out Boy. Like, I love them, you know? Leave, leave Patrick Stump alone. He's trying, but also... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, you know... I think it was a choice. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, first of all, he sounded like kind of like low-key muffled. It it sounded like weird. Like it was, I don't know. I think there was something missing and I think it was that it wasn't like a regular Fall Out Boy song vibe. Yeah. You know, and so I was expecting it to hit like that. But when it was more Taylor's style of music, I was like, are we going that route? I The way I've been saying it about Electric Touch is they should have pulled a Lana feature for it in the mm. sense that Lana doesn't get a verse in Snow on the Beach. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, they sound really good on the harmonies. I think what's doing it for me is just the sound, no hate to Fall Out Boy, but the sound of, like, his own verse. Jack Antonoff just did them dirty. We know, like, okay, thoughts on tracks and everything, but let's get into some of, like, the little controversies, like, little thingies. Yeah. So, I think the first one that we want to get in, the biggest one, is Better Than Revenge, the lyric change. Yeah. So, basically, the original lyric was, she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress, and then Taylor changed it to, he was a moth to the flame, she was holding the matches. And, you know, I have personal thoughts on it because I, as much as I am a lyrics person, I didn't really, like, it didn't really affect me that she changed it. I was like, it's just one part of the song. Like, the rest of the song is still fun, you know? But I know a lot of people have had their opinions about it, saying that it's, like, a bad lyric change, unnecessary, perhaps. What are your guys' thoughts on it? I don't know. Like, I know that Taylor has done a lot over the years. Like, I know that at the start of her career, she wouldn't talk about, like, her political stances, anything like that. And now she has sort of, uh, I guess, come out publicly or like reformatted her image to um, to identify as a feminist. And I guess I like understand that. Like also she's 32 now and, and she, and, like when she briefly spoke about the album or like even when you listen to her talk about like the love triangle and folklore, she says like, it doesn't really exist like, you know, a girl taking your man or whatever. Like that's something that you only think is like a thing when you're young and, and a teenager and like you're experiencing love for the first time. So I think that like the entirety of a song better than revenge or like the mindset of like, oh, this this like this prissy girl, she stole my boyfriend. <laughs> like like I think that entire <laughs> mindset is something that Taylor doesn't really identify with anymore and it's like yeah I get it it's like the version that we grew up on in female rage and whatever but at the same time like I just think that like that entire song and sort of like what it means isn't really part of what like Taylor values Mm. anymore like what she thinks or or, like isn't really a part of her uh worldview anymore yeah 
Yeah, and this is like where, so I mentioned earlier like the Haley Williams thing. So Paramore did a similar thing um, with um, Misery Business. I, I can't remember when it happened. I want to say I was in early high school, but the lyric, once a whore, you're nothing more. She got rid of that and like stopped performing it live. Um, and I think like that set kind of like a precedent. Um, I've seen a lot of controvert like discussion on like Twitter and stuff where it's like no one is expecting like like a male artist, like male artists don't do this. Like, you know, they and like why are, why are we holding up like female artists to this standard where they have to apologize for feeling things and feeling rage or like at a certain point in their life so i totally see what you're, you're saying he but like not that i'm like yeah more slut shaming in music that's what we need but i don't know i think there was i just read the pitchfork review uh, which was really good um and it was uh, written by uh brenda jagoda and she said quote no one listens to better than revenge expecting a measured response or nuanced or or a nuanced feminist take unquote yeah i think you know i loved that original lyric just because it was funny and like really mean in the sense that like you know you can kind of tell that she's just like over exaggerating on purpose you know what i mean yeah and so that's why i like loved the little like female rage of the original song and i don't think it would have been that deep if she would have kept in the lyric but maybe it's just because I don't really care. I get why she did it, like for like feminism and like trying to take a stronger stance as a feminist because people hated Taylor Swift for like so long yeah. for everything. And I couldn't tell you what the response was to that lyric, if there even was a response to that lyric in like 2010. Um, but just like in general, like with how she writes about men and how she uses songwriting like as like a like a mode of like, you know, dealing with her emotions and stuff. So like I understand it. I I think I, I would have defended her if she kept it in. I don't think I, it would have been a controversy if she hadn't changed it. Other stuff that's other other controversies. Um, so people were talking about the quality. Yeah. So a bunch of people, mainly on TikTok and Twitter, at least where I was seeing it, they were saying that the entire album, but specifically Haunted, um, like sounded worse in quality wise in the sense that like Haunted was missing. It's like, aggressive tone you know how like haunted is very like Mm -hmm. you can feel the rage you know um i didn't hear the problem when i heard it um i don't know i saw something that apparently you have to like change the settings on whatever streaming service you're using um there's something called like the sound normalizer or equalizer. I don't know what the specific term is, but you have to go in and like switch that off, I think. Yeah, and that's basically so the problem with Haunted specifically is that it was like um, you know, like the instruments and stuff are very like separate and distinguished in the original version and you can like really hear every part. Um and with that like normalizer on, it kind of just all blends together and you can't really hear the distinction. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, for me, like, I didn't really notice a difference. The biggest thing that I did notice was during um, um, Story of Us, I thought that the guitar sounded a little botched. Just like, I don't know. But I don't think, I'm I don't. i to think of what that even sounded it, like. Because that, like, so for me, like, I think, I think it sounded fine. Um, I think especially like, so like the emotional centerpiece of the album is definitely Dear John. That song sounded yeah. awesome. Like it, it ruled. I think it like sounds even better. Um, but the only thing for me where I was like, it was kind of bugging me in the back of my mind. And I don't think this was a quality issue or like a mixing issue. I just think that story of us, like the guitar sounded like slightly different. Like maybe it was a different guitar that she was using. And I was like, that's just going to bug me a little bit. Yeah. They definitely brought back like a certain band vibe. I don't know 
who she originally recorded it with, but I think she's been doing all her re-recordings with the same band, okay. from my knowledge. Okay. Yeah, but kind of jumping off that to a point you said, talking about Dear John, there's been a lot of controversy around John Mayer, such as the fact yeah. that at one of her most recent era tour stops, um, Taylor made a comment to the crowd basically telling them to like be nice to John Mayer, don't hate him too much, you know? What are your thoughts on the whole Dear John situation in general? John Mayer's reactions. I think the comment section on his Instagram has been the funniest thing ever. Okay, because I was going to ask, because I remember when Red was dropped, uh, or Red's Taylor version. Everyone hated for Jake, Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. They and, all destroyed and him. people still hate Jake Gyllenhaal on Swifty Twitter, like when I see that. And yeah. once again, I've said this a million times, I'm like a broken record. I'm not a huge Swifty, but I feel like he. they only dated, I mean, I know they only dated for like a little bit. And it, in hindsight, yeah, like there's definitely like flaws in their relationship but people are like Jake Gyllenhaal is so pretentious as an actor and like I'm like girl didn't he just I think he just liked the strokes you know I'm sorry but but I do know that on like a from what I understand about you know Taylor's exes that John Mayer like people like hated him the entire time so I wanted to know I didn't know that people were still like having the same reaction to the Jake Gyllenhaal thing like I was from a year ago. I was surprised that she said that about John Mayer, but not about Jake. You know, yeah, but I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal cared about it. I think he like he totally played. Didn't he like go out and like he was seen like in the paparazzi like wearing like a red scarf? And oh, he, was, he like, would. Like he was totally. <laughs> I think he was like playing along with it and definitely seemed like they're at least like he didn't. I don't think that they're on bad terms. But I doubt it. From what I understand, John Mayer is like like horrible terms with taylor swift or at least they were for a very Probably. long time i don't know you i know didn't him? he like post on his instagram recently something about like something speak now related or was that just some tiktok thing i saw i don't know i know that he's like snarked her relatively recently really yeah so john mayer did like when they were like post breakup in 2012 he went in an interview with rolling stone and like complained about the song dear john and this is what he said um he said quote dear john is cheap songwriting it's abusing your talent to rub your hands together and go wait till he gets a load of this that's bullshit and i think that was yeah this is totally the quote that i was thinking of that a lot of my friends were like complaining about like when they would i would ask them to explain swifty timelines to me um yeah because it's like also like you're a grown man and yeah you're expecting a teenager to reach out to you girl like whatever (laughs) like maybe you should have waited till her like prefrontal lobe was fully developed (laughs) to date her then like lord literally (laughs) literally yeah i don't know yeah i think you know i i would argue that he deserves and i okay i don't support bullying however i do think that like treat john and jake the same you know yeah they both deserve the same feedback. if not john deserves worse More, in my yeah. opinion right yeah so i would think i don't get like the continued hate for jake gyllenhaal but yeah whatever i think there's also something to be said about taylor only being on good terms publicly with mm-hmm. taylor Lautner, mm-hmm. um and that being the only ex she's like admitted she was the i guess problem to essentially like in public um, because, you know, like, we don't really see her doing that for the exes that she has, like, previously shaded mm-hmm. or, like, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, like, even on Midnight's, I think What Have, Should Have, Could Have is speculated to be about John Mayer. That's a good and, point. Yeah. <gasps> so, no. And I think it's interesting because Midnight's is, like, very, very recent release. Like, I think it was released, mm-hmm. like, um, in the spring of this year. Yes. And then on the Eras tour, just, you know, a couple of weeks ago, she goes... She goes, she comes out and she says, okay, there's people in my past. Like, you guys don't get to attack people for things that happened like a million years ago or like whatever the quote is. So I think it's interesting how she'll, how she released a very raw, very painful song about her experiences when she happened to be 19. And I guess that's songwriting though. John Mayer, I don't know. I suppose. Yeah. I I mean, because like she, Taylor Swift is art like arguably like one of the biggest artists like on the planet like right now everyone's like looking at her so i totally i think it's very responsible that she's like telling people not to send like hate and stuff i mean obviously we look you know she would totally be like not liable but like you know you don't want to be responsible for like something happening yeah john mayer also like like karma yeah yeah on the positives it seems like taylor lautner and taylor swift are on amazing terms i was so excited to see that I was really, really excited that he went on stage. I'm really, really jealous that Long Live is now in the set list of the Eras tour because we didn't get that. It's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but I am really, really glad that, you know, Taylor and Taylor are back on good terms. Have you guys seen the I Can See You music video? No, but I, I saw, I saw clips, yet. but he's in it. Like he's he in it. Him stuff. and Joey King, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, I, think it's, I think it's great how much he has accumulated from his career as an actor and still is implementing in his career because you know he's using a lot of the same stunts that he did in his past acting stuff Mm -hmm. which is really cool so i guess to kind of wrap it up i'm assuming we're at that point yeah yeah so to wrap it up what would you rate the album on a scale of 10 i've never actually thought about this so i'm gonna be going in blind okay kit i was only thinking about this earlier today so specifically the re-recording, are y'all going to hate me if I say five? That's not a bad score. It's like in the... I think that's fine. Okay. For me, I would probably give it a 7.5 or an 8 out of 10 just because, you know, it, like individually, not all the songs were my favorite, but I did love like Sparks Fly, Back to December, I Can See You. I have been pretty regularly listening to I Can See You. Like it is in one of my top playlists, like, you know, that I listen to pretty regularly. So that was great. Um... But still, like, I don't know. I'm very particular with what songs from her earlier albums that I listen to. So that's why I would give it that rating. Yeah, I would also say, like, seven, seven and a half. Um, You know, it's nice being able to listen to, like, all these old, like, nostalgic songs, quote, unquote, ethically again. Um, I do think some of the vault tracks were hit or miss. Yeah. Um, And again, I don't know, like the lyric change. I mean, personally, like I'm pretty ambivalent. Like I don't have strong feelings either way, but I can see how like for some people, like it might be like, oh, like, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, you know, I liked it. Good album. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, that sounds like that's all we have for you guys today. Hewan, thank you once again so much for uh, being on. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pop Culture Coffee Break, and we'll see you next time. Ugh. Because of the internet, I don't even know what a newspaper is or how to open it. How in the world am I going to stay informed? Ew, what's a newspaper? Okay, boomer. Oh, I know. What about tuning into WSUM to hear what their news team has to say? 
You can tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. for their news hour and every Monday through Thursday at 5 and 6 p.m. for their daily news update. They have the latest in politics, culture, and campus life and also offer quality journalism with their proud Badger spirits. That's right. You can tune in right here at WSUM 91.7 FM, Madison. Be sure to catch them online at WSUM.org. Plus, you can check out their Twitter at NewsWSUM and on Instagram at WSUM News. Yay! Yay!